0: What's up my podcast listeners, this is your host Val Monteshevsky and I'm excited today for today's topic because we're going to go over um, shoulder mobility and one of the things that um, I find on a daily basis, uh, training clients or even you know seeing certain patients in the clinic, Um, or even people messaging me online about their, you know, injury or weird thing that their shoulder does uh, while pressing, Um, a lot of times when I actually take the time to, say, put someone through an assessment, um, I quickly realize that one, they have no capsular space for the shoulder to move freely. Um, what does that mean? So if I have my arm bone that has a little ball at the end of it, and then my actual shoulder socket, this should be able to move freely to do all these different things that a shoulder can do. But when we have no space and then you try to move, it kind of gets stuck or even starts scraping against the actual um, shoulder joint itself. So um that's a huge issue. And a lot of people don't address it. And this is where this whole internal strength model kind of falls into play. So if you've been following me for a while, you understand that I'm a huge advocate for mobility training, but really what mobility training is strength training for your connective tissue. So if I asked anybody that goes to the gym, "When was the last time you've trained your connective tissue? And they look at me like I'm speaking a different language. You know, when we do your traditional back squat, shoulder press, bench press, whatever you want to, um, you know, insert in that, Um, realm of training it works externally and if we understand that everything that we do in movement as a human being is based on our internal structure then we start to realize that like oh maybe that's an important area to you know focus on and a lot of times people don't do that until they get injured because when you think about it say you hurt your shoulder and you have um, you know, a rotator cuff tear and you go to physio or Cairo, the first thing they get to you to do is some internal stuff of the shoulder and you're doing those band-resisted things for your shoulder. You're going through ranges of motion pain-free and it seems silly. It seems a waste of time, but those are the things that actually build up that connective tissue again. But the moment you get out of that acute state, you throw that shit out and then you just go back to your bench pressing, shoulder pressing, and then eventually three months go by and you're like, damn, my shoulder hurts again. So what we're missing here is the stuff that your you know, health practitioner provides you should be on a continuum with your regular training. So no, I'm not saying you're going to be doing a band-resisted external rotation of your shoulder over and over again. There's other things that you can do to make it that much more challenging to ensure that the rate of your traditional strength training is at is in conjunction with the connective tissue. So in order for you to take on more load onto your shoulder doing shoulder pressing, push presses, whatever it is, you need a connective tissue surrounding that shoulder to you know, be able to take on that load. It's the moment that the load exceeds what your connective tissue can take on, that's an issue. And then over time, it's just like the straw that breaks the camel's back and out of nowhere you do one press and you're like, oh, that was sharp. And then you're kind of effed for a while. Um, so that being said, Like, where do we start? How do we know if we have, you know, the prerequisites to ensure that my shoulder is ready to take on things like barbell overhead press, um, dumbbell overhead press, just pressing in general. And one of the assessments that I utilize through the functional range uh, assessment, which essentially just looks at both passive and active range of motion of each joint and then goes into more of an active thing where we utilize, you know, controlled articular rotations to see the capacity of what your joint has and how much workspace we have. And one of the things that you can do at home is to check your shoulder external rotation. So when we look at capsule stuff, um, the two things that you should kind of focus on is Um, Shoulder internal rotation, external rotation. So for the sake of this video today, we are going to look at um, external rotation. Before we get into that, what I would love for every single person watching or listening uh, to the show is to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, We've been growing quite quickly, and my goal by the end of this year is to hit that 1,000 subscriber um, milestone. I think we're at 558 as of today, as of this recording. So if you could help support me and the show, uh, hit the subscribe button. So I am going to uh, share my screen. And every time I do this, I always forget how to do it. All right. So what we're going to look at, one, I'm going to full screen this. I'm going to make myself a lot bigger. So one of the things that I like to check is shoulder external rotation. And when you look at um, the shoulder joint itself, in order to press overhead, you need to have adequate or just minimal active shoulder external rotation. So a lot of times when I take someone through a prone shoulder external rotation test, um, a lot of times they'll have, like, if I physically move them into external rotation, they have a lot of it. And then I'm like, okay, now I want you to do it yourself. And they get to here and they're like, I can't get there. So then we have this huge gap of active and passive, which is a huge no-no when it comes to pressing overhead. Because that means you don't control that position above your head. And over time, that just puts you in a worse um, position to do anything overhead. Now, one of the tests that is actually in my book, The Ironclad Body Training System 2, is this specific test. So if I this you'd want to kind of set up your arm in this 90 degree position i think i might adjust it a little bit yeah and i'm in a prone position it's hard because a lot of people don't have like an actual like assessment table so if you're a gym goer or home gym person you most likely have a bench so this is probably the best position that you can kind of put yourself in Now, in this position, my shoulder's abducted at 90 degrees, and then we're gonna try to drive that fist up. So that's a good healthy shoulder, right? Like it's right around past my head, I'm actively driving down uh, up that direction, meaning that all the stuff up here, rotator cuff especially, is strong and healthy. And I also have a healthy capsule in order to do that. And I actively control that range of motion. So all you need to do is find yourself a bench and put yourself through this quick little assessment. And I think I also have a different view of this. Let's just keep watching really quickly. This is just this a different angle. So you can see how my fist goes past my head, which is, like, ideal. But in a overhead um, position, all you really need is just to head um, height if you're doing it in a prone position. Um, I have done this test where you're lying in a supine position, so lying on your back and doing the same thing. But that is essentially the only time I do it if someone is an actual case for um really shitty mobility or they've had a previous injury to that shoulder so this is a great starting tool for building oh not building well i guess so building a solid uh foundation of a um like a shoulder program shoulder rehab protocol whatever you want to call it but if you're a current person that's taken yourself through this little quick assessment and you find it challenging, you're not getting the height that you need, I would highly suggest you stop pressing overhead because it's going to just cause more problems than solutions. Now, where do you go from here? How do you improve shoulder external rotation? So from a kin stretch um, perspective, you'd want to influence the tissues responsible Um, to do that movement. That does not mean I'm going to now start doing a landmine press. Now that's a good substitute, but it's not going to fix the issue. You're just kind of working around the issue. And that's where I think a lot of people kind of get stuck is they find substitutions for exercises and they feel good, but say they really want to do the barbell overhead press, but they never get there because they're not influencing the actual issue. So, if I had an individual um, in need of, how do I move this out of the way? Um, more shoulder external rotation, something that I would throw in is um, a pails and rails set. So this is one of the easiest things that I'm trying to find um, exercises where you can do at home. So this is a half kneeling shoulder external rotation uh, position. So just like in the assessment where I have the elbow at you know 90 degrees of abduction and then taking my arm into external rotation, and finding a stretch within that shoulder capsule, chest, front of the shoulder, wherever feels tight, and we're going to hold this for about two minutes. At the top of the two minutes, we're going to do a pales contraction where I take this hand, and I'm going to push it into the dowel, and I think that's going to be coming up pretty soon here. So yeah, now I'm doing that pales contraction, slowly pushing into the dowel, about 10 seconds. After the 10 seconds is done, I'm going to let go of the contraction and see if I can get a little bit more of a stretch. And then I'm going to do the rails contraction where I'm going to take this hand and try to come off the dowel like that so I'm getting more external rotation. Now, say I have finished doing that. Um, the next thing is now I have all this new acquired range because anytime you do those kind of isometrics you're speaking to your nervous system that you know you want more space and now it's kind of like waiting for more information so now we need to solidify that newly acquired range and something as simple as doing say um, a prone shoulder external rotation actively would be a great place to start so in this is a very similar position of the assessment but now we're just trying to actively drive and in this uh, video i have myself doing both arms so ideally if you were focusing only on one shoulder you can do a single arm or if you end up then stretching the other side and then doing two that's fine too but all we're doing is actively driving the fist up into external rotation holding at the top for a couple seconds To kind of um, prime that shoulder joint and also teach the nervous system that that's the new range of motion. And this is all influencing all the cellular uh, structures at the joint itself to lay down better um, tissue, to function better, and to absorb more load. Now from there, what I would do from here is some sort of shoulder car where we would take the shoulder through um, all of its ranges that it's designed to, and something as simple as so I have lots of variations, but you know something as simple as standing because I don't I don't want to like throw anything with more equipment, but just taking my shoulder through all the ranges that it's designed to and it's important to always do this on a daily basis so when I tell my clients and patients that hey I want you to do shoulder cars every day you doing one set every single day is great it's great starting point but it gets to a point where that shoulder car is just to do maintenance Like, it's not going to provide you with any kind of um, training stimulus to actually progress it. It's kind of like brushing your teeth every single day. It's just the minimum that you have to do. Now, imagine if you didn't brush your teeth on a daily basis and you just did it like twice a week, your teeth would start deteriorating, right? So, ideally, you would do... Um, shoulder cars every single day is just daily maintenance and then in a training setting you would try to increase the intensity so maybe my first set I'm just doing this and then the second set I'm gripping a tennis ball lacrosse ball whatever you have to create more tension as I go through my shoulder car. now those three things that we just did is pails and rails um external rotation like active range liftoff, which is working capsule, and now we have more of a dynamic um mobility movement, then what I would do if I had a client, like this could literally be part of their warm up and their goal is to Um, start pressing overhead and again this really depends on the person so I may not do this but um, maybe after is when we actually go into shoulder pressing because maybe the individual that I'm working with um, let's just do a double kettlebell shoulder press maybe the person I'm um, training with is like they can get there but there's times where it starts pinching out of nowhere or they've done too much volume and they don't know what's going on. But now we can kind of load the tissue even more by doing an actual overhead press. So now we have all these kind of like four exercises where we can really challenge the shoulder girdle. And this is kind of the method to my madness of what I would do with an individual. But maybe sometimes it's not where we need to be and this is why when i get these questions where i'm going to see if i can stop sharing my screen um of like oh my shoulder hurts what should i do well it really depends right like i need to one see that person's shoulder and then i also need to um see what it's capable of and also look at um, the history of the person like have you had um, other injuries before Have you had a traumatic event where you took a big fall? Have you been in a car accident? Do you have other injuries that might be influencing that shoulder? That's a huge one. And usually I get a lot of more information from past medical history than the actual shoulder itself in front of me. Because sometimes it's just a learning curve. You know, like I had multiple... um, Situations where I take someone through a medical history of their, in this case, shoulder. And, you know, I start programming um, a rehab protocol to get that shoulder back to um, minimal function. And just through their first session, teaching them how to do a modified shoulder car just blows everything out of the water to a point where the shoulders like... 50% better. And this is what I always talk about with um, clients when I take them through an assessment is like, we're going to attack the lowest hanging fruit. The moment we do that one, we get so much more bang for your buck. It's like if you ended up investing in Bitcoin like 20 years ago and then out of nowhere, it's like, boom, I'm a multimillionaire type of thing. So a lot of times when we attack that lowest hanging fruit, um, huge changes happen and then it influences other things. So an example is like, say I get someone's injured shoulder moving better. It's going to trickle down to the elbow and also to the wrist. Because a lot of times when people have injured shoulders, your elbow and wrist are also going to lose um, mobility because it's tightening shit up to make sure that this is okay. And that's the funny thing with um, training and um, injuries is that your body is really good at, um, preserve, preserving you, like trying to keep you alive. So it has these mechanisms where it's like, Oh, something's injured. I'm going to tighten things around it to make sure you're okay. And, you know, that's a great mechanism, but when you get past that acute state and you don't do anything about it, it just gets worse. So if you are a, you know, gym bro, that's, or brouette um, that's looking to continue to press overhead, things like shoulder cars and capsular cars where we do the internal and external rotation or the prone external rotation is going to save you a lot of headache down the road. And, you know, I can talk about this topic over and over again, but this is the biggest thing that people miss when they're training is they're not taking care of the internal structures to, do the things that they want to do is just like, if you decided to pick up hockey on the weekends and you play your first game and you're like, Holy crap. Like I work out all the time, but this will kick my ass. I'm like gassed out. So then it's like, well, when was the last time you trained your cardiovascular system in order to do that sport? Even though you lift weights and stuff like that, that's a different stimulus. But Imagine if you worked your cardiovascular system, that's also going to directly influence your strength training in order to do more volume, in order to recover faster, right? You always, like, we all know this, like, people like to train things that they're good at already, but we know that when you get more bang for your buck on the stuff that you're terrible at. So when I have people coming to me and they're like, my shoulder hurts, my knee hurts, whatever it is, then the lowest hanging fruit in the assessment is to make those things function better, like, rather than like, well, your hip mobility is really good, so we're just gonna keep doing that and forget about the shoulder. Doesn't make sense, right? A lot of times when you work on those weak things, it influences other things. So going back to that shoulder example, when I get someone's shoulder feeling better person's elbow feels better and then their wrist feels better and they're like we didn't even work on my elbow or wrist and it feels better it's like well yeah (laughs) right that's where people like I I always have this conversation with new trainers and clients it's like training is very easy like for some reason people need to make it more complicated than it is if you look a 100 years ago people got strong with one twentieth of the equipment that we have now and for some reason anytime a new gym opens up or a new fitness personal training studio they just have to have the best equipment the newest thing but it's like are you really going to get that much more of a difference than the stuff that's been in gyms for centuries dumbbells barbells kettlebells body weight Do you need anything more than that? Right? As much as I trash CrossFit, if you look at their gyms, it's literally the things that I just mentioned. And those athletes are some of the fittest people in this planet. Like, you don't need a lot. Like, if I were to start up a gym again, like, yeah, I would do a CrossFit model. Like, get a warehouse, throw in, like, 40 grand worth of gym equipment that's barbells kettlebells dumbbells and stuff for body weight that's it there's no fancy cable machine there's no fancy treadmill that's on a curve that helps you like you you don't need that stuff like training is very simple and it's actually boring like Um, Ben Bruno said this a couple of years back, like you end up doing the same 10 to 15 exercises with yourself and all of your clients over and over and over again, because they work is just now you get creative with programming and variations. Like you don't need to fix something that's not broken. Like you can improve on them with those variations, but when you boil it down, it's the most basic things that work and yeah, it's boring. Yeah. It's, a routine but those are the things that make you successful but for some reason people are like no it has to be more complicated than that I have to do this weird ab exercise where I bring this arm and then like do this thing and then rotate to get those like obliques and it's like you know your abs would probably pop out if you just ate better you know and not follow some other diet thing that you just found on January 1st um, I think I'm going to end it there because I could talk about shoulder mobility forever um, and this tangent of training. Maybe that can be just another episode, but um, hopefully this made sense. Hopefully that you got some um, you know, benefit and idea of how to kind of improve your shoulder mobility. Um, I might do a series of shoulder mobility or go back to a couple other episodes that I've had series on. and add but if you have any questions feel free to reach out Um, and again if you haven't subscribed to the channel be sure that you do if you have any questions feel free to reach out you know add me on facebook add me on instagram add me on tiktok because i'm on there now Um, and that's it for me you guys until next time